Welcome to Marvelous Pod. This is our wrap-up episode where we'll be discussing the Moon Knight series as a whole. I'm Laura and I'm joined by my co-host Abby. Hello. And Matthew. Hi there. We were hoping to have seen the Behind the Scenes Assembled episode for Moon Knight, but that's been delayed until May 25th, so we will soldier on. Abby, what was your overall view of Moon Knight? It's interesting having a week from the end of Moon Knight because mm-hmm. I'm struggling slightly to remember it. No, that I enjoyed it. I, Abby, I don't know. It's that that different? Uh, well, well but that, but isn't that why it's interesting? Because we all know there are Marvel things that I remember and Marvel things that I don't. Yes, and I had assumed true. that Moon Knight would fall into the category of the one I did. But it's looking increasingly like maybe not. I did see Doctor Strange yesterday, so it's possible that that has slightly overwritten some of my yeah. brain and Marvel brain space but then you've both seen that since as well so i don't know i don't know yeah. i i expected it to be more resonant than thus far it has been yeah i would have put this more on the guardians part of your memory mm. bank than the um, captain american but i think i can remember it but in terms of impact mm. i don't know how strong it was i think it it, it is possibly because um and obviously we can get into these things a bit more but because we don't know where it goes, or if it goes anywhere, and maybe it doesn't matter, and maybe it's okay to have just enjoyed watching for something for six weeks and let it go, but that is not mm-hmm. what I'm used to necessarily in Marvel, so perhaps I just don't quite no. know what to do with that. Yeah, I, I uh, yes, similarly, I'm, uh, I don't know, I feel a bit in limbo here, you know, <laughs> so, tell us what's going, if, if this is it, <laughs> fine. But I just would quite like to know what's happening next. Mm. Yeah, so you can kind of follow. I suppose it's where we follow this. Mm. Yeah. What does mm. it mean? Yeah. Mm. What does it mean, Matthew? It, that's interesting because I think the thing I've liked about it is that it is disposable is the wrong word, but it could just be a one and done, and and mm. it's just told as a story, and it's slightly refreshing to have that in the MCU where it's watch this thing so you can get teasers for the next big thing. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they do that a bit much for my liking. Mm. And, and this I could absolutely take as, oh, that was nice. They told me a story. And then I moved on a bit, you know, the Incredible Hulk or um, what's it called? Ant-Man. Ant-Man, mm. which I've seen described as the sorbet of the MCU. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely a palate cleanser after Avengers and so on. And this has some of that as well. You know, we we talked, I think, on our episode about episode five, who's going to show up, what's the crossover going to be, how are they going to use yeah. the set? And they didn't. There was mm. no Kit Harrington. There was no Blade. There was no anyone showing up. Mm. And I'm feeling a little refreshed by it, whilst also feeling, oh, that was that was satisfactory. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I. I I think I've made it clear I haven't really enjoyed it. And, uh, um, yes. Sorry. Oh, how did you? Sorry. <laughs> yes, whatever. I'll just guess I'll tell you what I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's I'm the Marvel Pollyanna, aren't I? They have to do something really bad for me to not like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, hoping for more. Uh, we can talk about later what that might be. Um yeah, it's interesting what you're saying, Matthew, because the whole tangle of the the MCU and the interconnectedness is one of the things I love about it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and and the the law that's been built up and mm. and um, and everything. 
but I have also enjoyed this being a standalone and I'm pleased that they didn't bring in some last minute uh, cameo or what have you to try mm-hmm. and pull it into something else uh, so really enjoyed it want to see more I think even just knowing there was like a series two or something would have been would have yeah. been enough really yeah, it's like, it's like Loki, isn't it? Where you, mm. you sort of ended that and we're like, okay. Mm. And then series two is coming. So. See, I, I, and I like that if in a week, say, they announce that series two of this is coming and who's mm-hmm. what, what it's about, or they announce who's writing it or producing it and all that sort of thing, we can then be excited about it. Yeah. Whereas by having the announcement first, I, I, I don't get excited because I don't know the thing. You know, with Loki mm-hmm. and with Echo, it was like, well, you know, we'll see what comes out. And as it turns out, with Loki, it felt like there should be a series two straight away because series one didn't really give us anything. Mm-hmm. Not to re-legislate Loki, but with this, I feel like, yeah, I've I've enjoyed that. That was decent, and I could see them building on it to make more stories and potentially improving. And and to be fair, all good shows do start off at a certain point and get better as they go on. Series mm. one is rarely the best, um, but at the same time, knowing the MCU and then it doesn't always hit a crescendo and a peak of things. Things are you know bumbling along and have smooth edges; they don't ruffle anyone. This would work as it is, and I would move on from the story and go, "Yes, that exists in that universe." Because mm. mm. we don't actually even know if this is the six one six. That's fair. That's fair because there's nothing. There is nothing linking it no. to our. our the, 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 was it the prime timeline? No, the uh, yeah. destiny oh. timeline. Oh god, sacred yeah. timeline. Yes, thank you. Mm. Well, I, oh, let me get into that whole though. Uh, timelines and universes, because mm-hmm. there were multi universes within the timeline, weren't there? Mm. Okay. Anyway, mm. Mm. we'll save that for Loki too. Uh, again, we consider this possibly more than some of the writers consider yeah. this. So let's um. not. <laughs> So, you know, I love a good ranking. Um, where would you put this in? If we're thinking about the Marvel Disney Plus TVs, where is this? It's above Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I can okay, easily well, say that. <laughs> easily say that. It's definitely above Loki cause, because Loki, I don't, I can't judge until I know more about that story. Mm. And if at some point they deliver on it, um, I think it's not as good as Hawkeye. Okay. And, you know, Hawkeye for me had Florence Pugh and Hayley Steinfeld mm. doing incredible stuff and actually did some interesting stuff with the character of Hawkeye who I didn't expect to see interesting stuff with. So That's true. For, for any, any flaws I did find in Hawkeye, because we overthink it and talk about it a lot, Hawkeye still represents a pretty high mark for me because it did really good stuff that I, I am happy to say to other people. Really enjoyed that. Mm. Um but also it didn't have the Agatha all along moment, which is possibly the reason One Division is still possibly the, the high watermark. You know, the sitcom stuff is really good throughout. And then that moment of Agatha all along is probably the best thing Marvel's ever done on TV thus far. Mm. So. Abby, where, where would you place it? So Matthew, you had One Division, Hawkeye, Moonlight, this. Loki, mm-hmm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier in that order. Mm-hmm. And what if in there somewhere? But mm. oh, I forgot that one. What if it's interesting? Um, for me, One Division is obviously still my favourite. I'm I'm not sure it's possible to top One Division uh, without really just making it again. Um, 
even though there were things I didn't particularly enjoy at the time, there were also a lot of other things that I really, really enjoyed and a lot of moments that were very good. And it was a, a bold and interesting piece of television that did some interesting things with the medium, um, which also kind of gives it extra marks. Um, I think I'd be tempted to put What If next, actually, because I like short storytelling. And there were a couple of episodes that were really striking. There were a lot of things mm -hmm. I remember very, very well. So I think they must have been good. Um, and I really like just that kind of the variety of it. You know, some of it was great. Some of it was, um, but it was interesting every week and really engaging. And some of it I so deeply loved. And there wasn't really anything in Moonlight, in Moonlight that I think I so deeply loved. Like I didn't go, wow, that's incredible storytelling, or that's really moved me, that's really sort of changed something. It was very entertaining mm -hmm. when it was on. Um, Hawkeye was also very entertaining when it was on, and it had Florence Pugh. Hmm. It mm. was, you know, I mean... The, li the lift scene. Mm. Yeah, mm. and the mascara, mm. you know. Still, mm. yeah. Oh, God. I'd forgotten Hawkeye was a series, but I knew so someone the, had good the mascara. The mohawk ponytail. Mm. 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 The looks were so strong. Um, yeah, why do you still have some looks in Moonlight? Yeah. Has, has Hawkeye retained the impact? Um, I'd forgotten it was a show until Matthew just mentioned <laughs> it. So <laughs> I suddenly thought, oh, yeah, yeah, we did watch that, didn't we? <laughs> but we didn't podcast so much about it due to one plague and another. No, so, that's um, true. That's true. So uh, sometimes it's the podcast that consolidates it. Um, that said, I do remember the Falcon and Shot. Um, and I certainly remember that Loki happened. Loki, I remember for all the wrong reasons. Um, I'm not, I'm not happy about Loki. Um, mm. Mm. I'm still not happy about it, and I, um, I'm concerned. I have concerns. So, uh, this was definitely better than Loki. This was definitely better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, I think, I think I might, I think I might just pop it above Hawkeye, just because mm. I. Mm, is that recency bias? Uh, there might be mm. Ethan Hawke bias. Okay. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. If, if you had to be locked valid. in a room with Ethan Hawke or Jeremy Renner, you know who you choose. Well, yeah, right? but if it was Ethan Hawke or Florence Pugh, that it becomes more mm. complex. Mm. Oh. Depends if she's trying to kill you. What if it's Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac? <laughs> uh, Florence Pugh. Oscar, Oscar Isaac's charming, but he's no Florence Pugh. Mm. <laughs> mm. But, I mean, you know. I think I'd almost rather watch Oscar Isaac in films as as the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful actor that he is than be locked in a room with him. He seems very interesting, but, you know, very happy with his wife. <laughs> um, looked great at the Met Gala, though. Sidebar. Um, yeah. 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 I, I think I think I'd probably just put this just above Hawkeye. Okay. Mm. But it's, it took me a while to get there. Uh, and I wonder if as I'm thinking on that, obviously the the, the humour of Hawkeye really worked for me, particularly Haley Steinfeld and Florence Pugh. But in mm. general, mm. I, I, you know, the comedy mm. really worked. And in this, a lot of it was on Stephen. And, and I think I've said Stephen's mm. stick didn't go very far, so I'd go. Oh. Yeah, uh, hmm. Hmm. that's true. I think I did. I did like Stephen more than you did, um, and that. Kind of carried it for me a bit as that well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that did help. Yeah, good point. Laura, I assume you've not been able to do this. You're not, you're not a list sort of person. No, I'm so, just not. I'm yeah. not very structured. It's not like free and, and easy. Moving on now. <laughs> I hate you both. 
<laughs> so, at number one, we have WandaVision. Hey. And I think it's going to take a lot to beat that. I've rewatched an Abbey. I know it's sacrilege, but I rewatched for episode four onwards in preparation for um, Doctor Strange 2. Uh, just because you know, I wanted to make sure I had all of that in the mm. bag before we went. Before I went into that, film. I'm honest. I um, also did. So, <laughs> so you didn't watch the beginning? I didn't. I I didn't have time. No, that's what I, th- I thought. No, mm. all of the. the but it did feel sacrilegious. So I'm glad you acknowledged yeah, it. I did. I felt very guilty when I was doing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just fantastic, uh, and I think really stands up. You know, on a on a rewatch. Mm. Um, but then it would be Moon Knight. It would be this one's the next oh, one. Ooh. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, and then Hawkeye. Yeah, why is this better than Florence Pugh then? <laughs> Florence Pugh, the Marvel TV show. Mm. Recency <laughs> bias, that's why. Right. Okay. That's just plain. <laughs> uh, no, well, um, we're, because I obstructed, we're going to go on and talk about favourite things, okay. and I'll tell you then. Hold your horses. <laughs> Stop ruining the process. Uh, yeah, so uh, Jorge, then Loki, um, probably What If after that, because I had actually forgotten about it, but that's probably where I put it. And then, like, Mariana's Trench, and then Falcon in the Winter Soldier. <laughs> Bond. May, um, to be fair, may, yeah, maybe fair. I'm being unfair, because there were definitely good bits about it, but my overall memory of it is just that it was disappointing. Hmm. Mm. But yeah, WandaVision rocks. I'm glad we agree on that. That's... So... Favorite things. Tell me of all of your favorite things, and if you can sing it to the tune, that would be great. <laughs> Hippos and capes and <laughs> bus rides through London. <laughs> Keep going. These are a few of my favorite Moon Nights. <laughs> um, no, uh, to Warred. Yeah, it was done so well as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that I think the CG worked in a very Jar Jar Binks sort of way. Um, it's not normally a combination of words that you hear. It worked in a Jar Jar. You know, Binks you could way. see the person was there. They were acting against it very well, and they added some, some you know, the little wiggly ears and things that that, that worked. Um, but you could also you could tell it wasn't a real hippo. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a sentence I'm going to say, um, but I think even more than that, and, and some of it's the animation, but particularly the voice performance, I think was so mm. good um, to really imbue it with a certain sort of character, and it's a character that I quite like in shows. Um, so yeah, th- thoroughly enjoyed Tuarat, and 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 hopefully if there is more that we get to see more, particularly a Layla Tuarat Egyptian superhero spinoff. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and the cape when he uh, when he moon cape. when he jumps down and he, his cape becomes a giant part moon. And <laughs> I think, other than Falcon as Captain America, that's the only time we've had a sort of costume reveal that we've not really seen before, either in no it, no it probably is in the comics, but in the, the media about it. There's, some, there, there's something about that that I just didn't expect that image there. Mm. And I felt the same with Falcon. It was like, oh, that's that's you know, a really striking look and really good. Whereas, like, the Scarlet Witch look looks like Scarlet Witch done in a sort of Marvel DC film kind of way. Um, it, it, is, it is very good, oh. but it's not striking or different than anything we've seen before. And I think anyone in the 
films. I can't think of anyone that I go, oh yeah, that style they gave to Iron Man or Ant Man or. Matthew, she has a skirt. She has a waist cape. Oh, it's. it's, We had a whole conversation about the waist cape. It is a terrific costume. It's really good. It really works. But it's also not new. Mm. Whereas, to me, the Moon Knight cape was. And I really liked it. And that's when when I think of the show, I think of that cape. So I have to put it down as one of my favourites. Good. You forget Vision and his Halloween costume. Yes, yes. (laughs) I'm not sure we do. (laughs) (laughs) Not for this purpose. Abby, what what did you like? Ethan Hawke. Um, <laughs> but I sang it. Just so was, I, I, you know. I won't be singing it. And, <laughs> and if I did sing it, you'd understand why I won't be singing it. Um, you know, singing is is reserved for gigs where everything is louder than I am. Um, <laughs> I can yeah. put it on really loudly if you want. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It was it was the acting. I mean. You just couldn't have made the show without Oscar Isaac. You you couldn't. I cannot imagine. Um, I can't imagine a new actor who would be able to carry the sort of volume of requirements. And I can't imagine another established actor who would have been right for it. So okay. I'm I, I'm a little annoyed that we didn't get our um, behind the scenes because I just want to know how we got here. How do we get? Where where did the sort of thought processes happen and at what point was Oscar Isaac the one mm. um you know did Oscar Isaac want to be in Marvel and they were like let's find someone or did they go we're gonna have to just hope that he says yes I don't know um because I think once you once you hit the sort of the kind of hospital asylum section of things um there's no way you can land that without a high volume of skill and care in your actors because it just wouldn't be good. It it would have been very soapy or very strange in, in poor acting hands. And that was not the case here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then to be able to also hold up against, you know, Tara and uh, that volume of CGI and do it, just the breadth is enormous um, in the show. So, yeah, I think my, my favourite thing was the acting and you know, it, it is things like having the entire cast of doctors surrounding Stephen <laughs> in the early episodes. It, it is the, sort of the extras that they picked, and um, all of all of the kind of the choices that were made um, in yeah, casting the show, putting it together, and like, and I think also like Matthew said, you know, that kind of that voice performance was so commanding for Tara that they've obviously mm. thought about it um, sufficiently. Uh, and of course, obviously, there was lovely Gaspar Nuno. We saw him so briefly in his dressing gown on the horse. And yeah. what more could you possibly have asked for? But also, I wish we'd had so much more. I'm very sad mm-hmm. that that didn't work out. Um, and yeah, I, I do feel like that there is a thread of the show that that might have been different. Um, yeah, maybe yeah, we fair. won't. Know. Mm. Maybe we won't know. Maybe they'll tell us in the making of. Um, who knows? But yeah. Definitely, definitely that. And everything else about it was good and, and fine. And I also think, actually, now that we've just thought through all the other shows, I really liked that the writing just didn't make me go, ugh. You know? Yeah. It didn't drop me in at any point. It didn't kind of raise my hopes up and dash them. It didn't introduce a character that I just didn't want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't do anything I didn't like. There were There were little bits that I didn't quite engage with as well as I might have. 
by and large, everything was, was mm. solid and nice. And it was just nice not to be annoyed. <laughs> it was nice to kind of enjoy talking about something for what it was. Mm-hmm. I love it for the good times we had. <laughs> Interesting you saying that about, you know, it didn't do this thing and, and some of the stuff that we have complained about. There's times when the writing doesn't quite make sense or it goes into it's like, what? Why? <laughs> well, um, I made the joke earlier about MCU things having all their edges sanded off. Would you hear other you know creatives talking about? Yeah, because they talk about this thing of sanding the edges off. It's because you want as many people to pay for that thing as possible. Um, you sand off anything that might stop mm. a person engaging with it or getting into it, and you make it more and more vanilla, effectively, with every step. And thinking that my opinion on this is it's kind of satisfactory, is that because they've done that again? They've not taken any risks with doing something that some people might like and some people not like. You know, one one division, the sitcom thing, is quite a bold thing, and it really worked for us. And I imagine other people would go, you know, my 11-year-old nephew will probably go, you what? <laughs> Can we just fight now, please? <laughs> you know, so... I, I, I think it did make some bold choices. I mean, you think of the kind of the whiplash through the first couple of episodes of just mm-hmm. having a character who comes to and fro... And you don't get the other side of it. Mm. Um, you know, that's a choice. There's a lot that's not told in this show, which okay. is also a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think some of it, it's almost like the kind of the reverse of, of Loki, where it just felt like everything in a bag of chips. And mm. um, and there are a lot of things that, that to not do something is also a choice. And it doesn't necessarily have to be sanding it down. Sometimes it's just not over-egging the thing that you mm-hmm. put too many eggs into. The goo pot. <laughs> what is the thing you put in Pudding? <laughs> pudding, I hope. Okay, Puddings. that's it. Yeah, sorry. Get a lot of eggs in a pudding, don't you? Anyway. <laughs> so, sorry, that was just my side thing. Laura. <laughs> so actually, which leads on nicely, the the whole um, sort of jumping when when they lost time, that was one of the things I really liked. I really like that and it was used so well in the final um, episode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I had completely forgotten about Jake because we were so involved in everything else and so then when it suddenly happened I was like oh Jake <laughs> or, well third person anyway at that stage um, and I'm probably going to mention a number of times there's a really good Empire podcast um, interview with uh, Ethan Hawke Oscar Isaac uh, May Kalamawi as it sounds like that's how it's pronounced uh, and um, and also Mohammed Diab, um, which I will link to. And it was actually done, they only talk about, I think, episode one, but I didn't want to listen just in case there was anything until afterwards. And um, and they were actually saying that the reason that that, I think it was that interview um, that Mohammed Diab was talking about, that the reason that that came about is actually to do with budget issues. And it was suggested to save money on the CGI. Wow. And then once that was suggested, they thought, oh, that's a fantastic way of doing it. And then they mm. leaned into it with the storytelling and used it more and what have you. So, it was, yeah, it was either on the Empire podcast or the Ringiverse. I can't remember which I'll link to both. But, um, but yeah, really, really love that. I just mm. thought it was, particularly as I'm not that bothered about the fighty fighty kick kick, unless mm-hmm. there's something particularly different about it. Um, it worked really well for me because we skipped that bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was also this mystery element and yeah, I like that a lot. 
Um, and I mean, there's loads of things I like because it's me, but the Egyptology, um, it felt like a updated Brandon Fraser, um, Rachel Weiss mummy, mm-hmm. which I can always, you know, I can always take, particularly when they've got the budget to do it well. Um, and uh, and then just Stephen particularly, and the, the relationship between Stephen and Mark. Right. But uh, but the performance there. And the ability to switch between the two and make it convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the accent. The obviously. Very genuine London accent. Excellent. Um, <laughs> which Oscar Isaac um, says he was aiming for a northeast London. Interesting. Is that tally? In a really interesting way, yeah. It, could, it mm. really could well do. Mm. Even though I don't live in northeast London, there is a particular connection to here that is that comes out in the accent. So mm. that could work really very well. Yeah, the use of the time jump, the blackout sequence, mm. in the last episode to confirm something about the first episodes that, oh, that was that definitely was the third character. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a really nice way to sort of deliver on one of the question marks of the series. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So you were starting to talk then about things that were missing... Or things that you know. So, what would what would you have liked to have seen, Abby? I don't think I was talking about things that were missing. No, I I was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Abby, anything that you think was missing? Um. Sometimes I think there was almost too much. Mm-hmm. I I I think it might have been nice to have some of the interludes spelled out more clearly at the beginning mm-hmm. um you know some of that filled in might have been nice but i think i i don't think i would have liked more of anything in particular actually i think i would almost have liked it to be a little more edited in, in places maybe okay. interesting well because you did mention on one of our earlier conversations about there was a conversation to be had about pacing i think there is throughout the show i think there is. let's have that conversation That's, why not why not do that um i just it's hard to find the overall arc in this show for me necessarily because i think particularly with that kind of big landing with with jake at the end you know some of it's about Stephen's relationship with Mark and some of it's about Mark's relationship with his past and some of it's about Mark's relationship with Conchu and some of it's about whatever Conchu's doing um, and Ethan Hawke's there doing his own thing and having his own thoughts about it. There's, there's a lot of people having a lot of thoughts and relationships and a lot of things and there is so much to cover and I think it's one of the reasons that it was so enjoyable to watch was it was doing a lot of things and it was pulling at each of these threads and in a lot of the episodes and sort of that, but then leaning into something and then kind of moving away from it. And it is satisfying. It's like having a big bowl full of food. That's all mixed up together. It all tastes good, but it's hard to find the variety on the plate. And after five mouthfuls, every mouthful's the same. So actually the nice tasting thing becomes a dull thing. Well, it, it can just be very nice and very satisfying for what it is but nothing what I'm saying is nothing really sticks out mm. anymore because it, it all hits this kind of medium pace, sometimes it sort of sags just a little or sometimes just there's a lot to take in 
But at the end of either of those periods of time, either the psyching or taking in a lot of things, I don't think they're necessarily any further forward. It, it's, it is consistent. And I, it, far be it from me to criticise something for being consistent and interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's just a bit, it's a bit unusual. The pacing doesn't feel like anything else I can particularly think of. Um, you know, in some of the other episodes, there's been this kind of big episode, it's like big finale, but big things happening all the time. You know, it doesn't get much bigger than a hippo driving a boat through the desert. <laughs> you know, it's... I, don't know. I don't know, though, because if you think back when we were talking, I mean, the... it felt like one and two were kind of really like moving us along, and then three mm. was a bit like... Mm. And then we picked up again. So I don't know... But, but I think that, that uh, was... That, that's the sag of which I speak. Yeah. Um, but it's still pulling all the threads. So the sag is kind of just pulling them a bit limply and not really going anywhere. And then when you do start going, everything is going somewhere. But I don't know. Someone help me make sense of my critique. <laughs> I think it's that third third episode that, for me, has done some of the frustration around it because... We've had this complaint in every series that there's an episode that moves us from the beginning of the series and the setup to the end of the series and the resolution. And there's no middle act to it. There's mm-hmm. just a slightly lackluster episode where things are explained, someone has to steal something, someone has to go somewhere. Um, that, that doesn't really do much and doesn't have much memorable about it. Mm. Uh, and now that we're, you know, a year and a half a year and however long into watching these shows and then putting these shows out uh, at some point that needs to be a thing that's remedied that, that each episode needs to have either its own identity or work as a whole and Loki it didn't work as a whole even though each episode I think had lots going on with it mm. because the whole series didn't really come together tell the story and in here it sort of had a middle bit where we went oh well that happened Dum dum. Mm. You'd be pleased to know the cat has stopped biting my foot now, so I'll stop making faces. At you both. <laughs> to wonder what was going on. <laughs> well, that's that's why I wanted to throw it to you, Abby. Night, I, I one, one thought he was about to jump up, and he decided then to attack my slipper, and then sit on my foot and give little, a cat goes sailing over your little love bites <laughs> as he as he does his scratchy bitey thing. Oh, oh well, yes. as cats do. <laughs> mm. Mm. I think, you know, Abby, there was a lot in it. I don't really have an issue with the pacing. I agree, it would be great if it didn't have this sag, but then... I mean, the thing is that having the sort of the slightly quieter episode three, then when we get into four, five and six, it's a... Oh, oh, well, you know, I don't know, maybe we need a little modulation. Um, maybe if it was all, all you know, the same throughout, we, we would um, be complaining about that. I don't know. Um, I would like, yes, that it, I agree with you. I don't think it's quite there on being able to say that it's completely satisfying on a, or, or no, as satisfying as it could be on a episode by episode basis and then also the arc. Um, I mean, it's very much serialised. Uh, but it is, it's a short, it's a short series, isn't it? It's not like we're talking about mm-hmm. a, a Star Trek or something. Is it because the the contents of episode three didn't do anything big and flashy or or where they did do big flashy things it wasn't memorable for it episode four 
the Alexander's tomb, the switch to the um, the asylum at the end, the hippo on the boat in episode five, the trip to the Alps in episode one, um, mm. and so on. The introduction of Mr. Knight in episode two. I, I, each of these are, are big memorable moments and things to move mm. us on. Episode three should be either the meeting of the gods' avatars, mm. should have mm. been monumental, or them rewinding time to look at the sky. Should yeah, be monumental, which was very cool, but we all went, I'm not 100% sure it's needed anyway, mm. with all the cool tech they've got, and, and was just a quick bit of CG rather than a thing. Was was if the coming together of the gods presented lots of interesting sort of side spin-off things and characterizations of the gods and characterizations of the people, and that meeting hadn't been kind of crap, maybe we would be saying, actually, that was really interesting because re- that really did move us on as as moving from intro to resolution yeah that's a good point i think that's yeah the way that was done was possibly one of the only things where i felt like something was demonstrably missing Mm -hmm. yeah but i'm I'm guessing they were saving us for the kaiju gods at the end yeah 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 Yeah. saving the budget (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know that i'd say anything was necessarily missing missing but um i'm curious about um Harrow's backstory a bit more mm-hmm. about you know what what happened with Conchu, um and then you know how did he then become this lead this um or why even did he become this uh, follower of um, Amet? But I mean I don't think I need a spin off about it. But you know it's just one of the questions I suppose that's mm. left. Um, also around uh, they really didn't make very much of um, Mark's Jewish background. No, that's true. Um, which, particularly given the setting, and maybe I'm, I'm deliberately didn't want to do this, but given that we are set in, um, you know, in Egypt, I mean that that's quite interesting. You know, he's married to an Egyptian woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what they'd do with it, but just you know, it just felt like it was a, almost a bit kind of like um, background wallpaper, mm. which is which is fine. I mean, it's better than it not being there um, at all. But uh, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Mm. Um, and who asked Dylan out on this date? I do want to know that. Because that feels like a... I know it's not a big thing, but, you know, it was but something I do that was want dangled as a thread. Yeah. And I don't understand who it is, because uh, unless Jake can do a good Stephen. Seems very strange. Hmm. Seems a strange thing to put in there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And the creepy little girl saying... Did it suck when you left the uh, Field of Reeds at the beginning mm. in episode one? Is that and just that an early thing to establish the Field of Reeds means being dead? Yeah, but it's a weird it, thing to turn to someone and it say, is, it is, did it suck when you died? And then he ends up, he did die. Mm. But hey, I mean, these are just little dangling threads. So I'm sort of, mm, mm. we could have done something with that. Yeah, I think those are all very fair threads to pick up. Mm. Anything else? So, if we are going to see more, where do we want to see them? Mohammed Diab said in the Empire interview that he expects to see Moon Knight in the MCU for the next 10 years. Ooh, well. Now, that might be news to Oscar Isaac, but... (laughs) I'd I'd be happy to see Moon Knight in the Avengers. Um, I really want some clarity around whether he only functions at night time. Yeah. Um... That seems quite a key part of a power set for us not to know six episodes in. Mm. 
And if he was fighting on a plane as it flies across the Terminator, mm. does that mean he loses or gains his power? You know? I mean, I feel like the Avengers would answer this question for us. You know? If a Mogwai gets food caught in its teeth at 11.58 and eats it then at 12.03, at is that eating after midnight? And technically it's yes. always after midnight. At what point does it stop being after midnight? <laughs> this might be overthinking. <laughs> it might be. But that's what we're here for. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, d- I don't know. I'm pushing back on that. I don't think knowing whether our hero is able to become my hero during the daylight, that seems like quite a key element. It seems like it would certainly have implications for the team. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think I think the Avengers will be fine. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know how well he plays with others. I don't know, but mm. as as I said, you know, he does seem to be a part of absolutely everybody's story. Um, there is no story in which we might not see him. I, I I would quite enjoy some sort of Norse gods, Egyptian gods, Greek gods, Roman gods mm. type. Actually, it turns out these are all based on aliens visiting with tech and or, or some sort of spiritual thing, and, and they're all battling for primacy in some way. Or... I do wonder if we might be heading somewhere, because we've got Eternals. Mm-hmm. We've got... Have you guys seen any of the Thor trailers? Thor 4? I have seen the Thor trailers. Have you, Matthew? Mm-hmm. So we know who the villain is, yeah? Oh, no. No. Okay. Okay. And and listeners may not as well. Okay, then we won't talk about that. No. But anyway. But I think see I've not seen the trailers, I assumed they'd be in the trailers because I'd heard about the villain. Uh anyway, not I think the, the villain is that could be a thing. Anyway. Um yeah, that could be in a really interesting way. I think I would far prefer it that they weren't aliens and they were more the some I don't know, some other experience. It is something yeah. Because that then ties us into when we start looking at um the more supernatural side of things was I think Black Knight's mm-hmm, meant to be a mm-hmm. bit supernatural as me and then Blade whatever you and, consider and, that you know we'll talk about this probably a bit more next week but Doctor Strange just fully lent into mystical and alien and sci-fi all just kind of mixes in a pot now yeah oh there you are and with WandaVision we've got witchcraft as a thing haven't we it's not a that hasn't got some tech kind of can you hear that I can hear mewing. Yeah, there we go. He just sat next to the microphone and going, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's bedtime for a cat. Oh. I, mean, I this know is she is not here. I know she's not here. She'll be home soon. Come on, cat. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and uh, Layla. I, I definitely, to be honest, I really would like to see Moon Knight again. I'd rather if I have to only have one of them. I'd actually rather have Layla. That's a good point. Yeah. I think I'd actually really like to see Layla get a lot more space mm. um, um, on her own thing. I think she would be really interesting to see, indeed, in the Avengers or any other group of of people doing stuff. Um, yeah, and indeed, maybe more of a team player. Teams. Yeah, more of a team player than I do. Uh, more Mark, anyway, mm-hmm. Stephen, probably, but. Yeah, I think there would be some yeah. good conversations to be had with Layla and um, and the Eternals for starters. Hmm. Interesting. And, and I've been saying I want something new in the MCU. You know, I don't want it just to be, and then we turn to Wikipedia and see what the comic stuff is about it. 
Um, and she definitely feels she like, is, isn't she? you know, although they're using stuff from other characters, she feels like a very new take on some things. Yeah. She seems to, they only seem to be using the name for her. Because mm. it was a big pink man, from what I can see from the comics. <laughs> Hence the Scarlet. <laughs> is that like, I, I mean, like Iron Man, Batman, big pink man? Just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in the um, what's it called the the lower clothing loincloths. Thank you, thank you. So yeah, he's a big pink man in, in a loincloth. So, right. Um, so they have moved away somewhat from that. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I think yeah, actually that is, we hadn't noticed that, have we? That because that is something you've asked for quite a bit. Matthew, mm-hmm. Is a new character, and we've actually got a it, new this one. feels like some a different direction yeah. or something. So mm. yeah, mm. it's exciting. Well, that is it for Marvellous this week. We'll be back next uh, when we discuss Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Until then, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. I'm on Twitter at Laura Geeks Out. Abby, where can we find you? At this AE show. And Matthew. Follow my cats on Instagram at Lex and Kira. <laughs> you should they're adorable absolutely great follow if you've enjoyed the appearance in this episode as I, Laura I'm really sorry I'm not sure you're going to be able to edit all of that I was going to and now I'm not going to <laughs> throw it in as an outtake <laughs> no that's actually more editing so it's just staying in there everyone can just deal with it everyone can enjoy the cats deal with the coughing the squeaky chairs and the cats <laughs> <laughs> until next time Marvellous.